Yad Vashem is a memorial to ruins. It is where Hitler did all they could do to exterminate all 14 million, million Jews that lived on the planet. He killed 6 million of the 14. When the war was over and the Allied forces broke through and they, they got the records, they found where Hitler literally had the names of all the Jews in, in Great Britain and around, and they were marching. They were going to exterminate them all. So Yad Vashem, matter of fact, what, uh, in Israel, the most impactful place I visited there is Yad Vashem and remembering the, the, the horrors but when Yad Vashem was over and the war was over and almost half the, the, the Jews of the world were destroyed, nobody ever believed that out of those ashes would come Israel as a nation again. They never thought that could ever happen. And yet today, where there was no nation, there is a nation. Where there was no place, now there is a space. And today, Israel is glorious because out of the ruins, God did something amazing. Our God is able to take the ruins and make them glorious. You may look at some place or some aspect of your life and believe that there's no hope, but God can take ruins and make them glorious. Out of the ash heap, God can do it. God has let his glory come in at faith promise. He has moved on our church and all of our campuses. What was not now is and God has taken where there's been ruined lives all over East Tennessee, made them glorious, put us in a location, put us together as a family, and God's glory is on this place. And we're literally experiencing, we're almost 20 years old, the absolute greatest season we've ever had in the life of, of the church, Faith Promise. And we're just excited about what God is doing because every week ruins are coming to life. Amen. Somebody give God some praise in the house. Want to welcome all of our campuses, Blount County, they're rocking it out, North Knox, Anderson County, Campbell County, our internet campus, Pellissippi. Again, we're just ecstatic that you're with us this weekend, and God is up to something unbelievable. So we're, as we're, we're going to look today uh, in the book of Ezra, but we're going to look at Ezra and Zechariah and Haggai. We're going to look at those three prophets today. We're going to really go back to where there are ruins in Israel thousands of years ago where the temple was ruined. So we're going to look at the ruins of the temple because what God made glorious, which one of the absolute wonders of the ancient world, was Solomon's temple. It was magnificent. It was, it's just, the, the, you couldn't even calculate today the cost of building Solomon's temple. Again, it's, it's just one of the seven wonders of the world. And yet, it got what God made glorious, the world destroyed because that thing was wiped out, it was raised, it was just all the gold, all the stuff stripped out of it. And yet, God comes back, and God is going to move through the prophets, and God is going to take what is ruined, and once again, he's going to make it glorious. So we're going to watch sort of some of the, the restoration of the temple. Zechariah, Haggai, uh, and Ezra are contemporaries, even though the book, their books of the Bible are not found in the same place. Not everything in the Bible is chronological. And so we're going to look at these guys because they're spiritual leaders in, the, in, in ancient Israel. And they did, a, they did an absolute amazing job. And these guys watched the ruins come to life. That, that which was destroyed, that no one ever had any hope of coming back, that being restored to absolute glory. Uh, these guys were broken. They were burdened for the nation. They were broken, burdened for the temple and the worship of God. And they saw God restore it and bring back glory. 
You know, Jesus saw us ruined in sin, and he came and he paid the price, died on the cross, ruined, and yet on Easter, he came back glorious. Man, God is all about bringing ruins to life. Humanity, we were, we were glorious in the garden. Adam and Eve, man, I don't know how, I'd just love to have a video, wouldn't y'all? A little YouTube action of what was going on, on uh, there in the garden. It was amazing. It was unbelievable until Satan went in and ruined it. Sin destroyed the garden. God had to kick, you know, Adam and Eve ate themselves out of house and home. Kicked them out. Gone. John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It, it, it has been and will always be the, the MO of the devil to do everything he can do to ruin what is glorious in your life. Would you all agree with that? But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. If you're born again, you're an overcomer. You are the head and not the tail. You are going to win. We do have the power. And so, man, we've got it. We have the power. The Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God created you an absolute one-of-a-kind masterpiece. And then in all of our lives, through our sin nature and through bad choices, things that were glorious were marred and messed up. And yet what God did is turn around, if we'll allow him, and turn those ruins and make them glorious. Really, this really should have been the first message in the series uh, and yet it's going to conclude it and sort of wrap a bow on this series. Now, if you've watched any of the news in the last week, you've watched the ruins from the tornadoes. Have y'all seen that? Churches destroyed, automobiles destroyed, people killed, homes destroyed. And you see in the path of that tornado, absolute devastation. We see ruins. Now, all of us have tasted ruin, hadn't we? Some of us have been through financial ruin. We've been bankrupt. Some of us have been through, or some of you may be in financial ruin. Some of us have had relational ruin, experienced a horrible divorce or abandonment. We, we've had emotional ruin. We've had, we've had our dreams and our vision ruined. We've had the plan that we thought that was going to come together not. So we've, we've all tasted of the ruins. Would you all agree with that? Are we, not, are we all on the same page? And so the Lord Jesus, if we will let him listen, will turn the ruins into life. He has the power to bring what is dead to life. What is lifeless to be, what is hopeless to be filled with hope. That's what he does. Now, ruins, by the very, by the very definition of the word, speak of, uh, speak of the past, or they speak of glorious past. And we, we can have ruins. It could be a city. It could be a region. It could be an area. It can happen through war. And it's just devastated. And, you know, Chernobyl is a ruin. It'll probably never have anything done there because of the radiation. It's, a, it's just a ruin of something that was that is no longer. So it can be war can, can turn something into ruin. Abandonment can turn something into ruin. Man, if you neglect your yard about two or three weeks right now, I don't know about you, but the weeds have won at my house. I got back from training pastors in New Jersey Friday, and I drove up and looked at the yard. It's okay. I just give up. Weeds have it. It's yours. You can have it. So just a few days of neglect, and boom, man, they, they take over. Uh, so abandonment, neglect, there's a lot of ways. In Ezra chapter 9, verse 8, 8 and 9, this is what the Scripture says. And we're going to sort of pop back and forth between those two. Now, it, it, when, when we find this, Israel, they're, again, they're now subjects, they're slaves, they have sent the glory of God away, and, and they, the temple's destroyed. The walls have broken down. The gates are burning with fire. They're in a horrible situation. This is what Ezra said in chapter 9, verse 8. 
But now, for a brief moment, grace has been shown to us from the Lord our God to leave an escaped remnant and to give us a peg in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and grant us a little reviving in our bondage. For we are slaves, yet in our bondage our God has not forsaken us, but has extended loving kindness to us in the sight of the kings of Persia to give us a reviving, to raise up the house of our God, to restore us ruins, as to give us a wall in Jerusalem and Judea. Now remember, this is about the time where Nehemiah goes back and rebuilds the wall. And now Ezra, you know, and Zechariah and Haggai, they're, they're, going to be, they're going to be aiding in rebuilding of the temple. And so what is God doing? He says God is reviving, God is restoring, and God is raising up. God is, can take what is ruined and he can repair it. And this is what I believe and really comes out of, out of these guys that the best is yet to come. I believe it. I don't know about y'all, but for me, the absolute best is yet to come. And in uh, Haggai chapter 2, verse 9, which is really the verse that, that, really, that, I, that I got that really sort of started the Glorious Ruin series, and that is the, the latter glory of this house. Speaking of the temple, they're, they're rebuilding that we're talking about. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I'll give peace, declares the Lord. I believe that the glory of the latter days is going to be greater than that of the former days. I believe the best is yet to come. I believe the best in your life and in your small group and in your ministry. And if you're married in your marriage, I believe the best is yet to come. Come on, somebody help me in the house. Man, the glory of the latter days of the, of the, will be greater than that of the former days. I want to give you three areas that now do we all want to walk in glory and not in ruins? So if you want to see glorious ruins, there's three areas that I want to just sort of hit briefly as we wrap up this series that you need to grab a hold of and that you need to walk in. Are you, if you're ready, say I'm ready. ready. All right, area number one, you've got to walk in praise power. Got to walk in praise power. Now, these guys are building the foundation. They're relaying the foundation of the temple. They get the foundation laid, and when the foundation is laid, they have a huge celebration. And, and they begin to praise God. Now, how did we begin this service today? We began this service with praise. We start our services with praise. We start our service exalting God. We, through praise, our faith is, is raised up. Through praise, we, we love on our God. Through praise, we see with eyes of the Spirit. Through praise, we can be victorious no matter what the circumstances. Psalms 100 verse 4, enter to his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. If you're going to walk up in the presence of God, don't walk in pouting. Walk in praising. Are you with me? Man, walk into the presence of God, praising him. Psalms 104, I wrote this. It was our Bible reading plan. It was our psalm for, the, for yesterday. And, and I wrote on there, self-talk. I mean, the psalmist is talking to himself. He's talking about how good God is, reminding himself, man, praises for God and praises for you. And so we rejoice that God is going to rebuild the ruins. But wait a minute, Chris. He hadn't rebuilt them in my life yet. Praise him by faith. It's coming, praise Him by faith. So I don't know where you are. You may be still being an ash heap in an area of your life. You may be struggling in some area where you think, man, there's no way that life is going to come from this. But you've got to trust God to rebuild the ruins. Moses is standing at the Red Sea Club on the beach. 
And, and Pharaoh is hot on his tail. And instead of pouting, Moses begins, God, thank you. You're going to part this sea. He has a, he has a, man, he has a celebration and the water's all still there. You know what I'm talking about? But he was praising God, knowing what God was going to do. Jesus is at the tomb of Lazarus. Lazarus has been dead for four days. And they say, roll, Jesus says, roll the stone and we can't because he stinks. He's rotten. And you're looking at areas of your life that say, you don't understand, Chris. It stinks. It's rotten. There's no hope with God. There's always hope. So what did Jesus say? Jesus says, roll the stone away. And what did he do? He began to praise the Father. Thank you, O oh God, that you have heard. Thank you for what you're going to do. See, man, he, he just started rejoicing in the face of death. Everybody else is crying. Everybody else said, if you'd have been here, everybody else is looking at the circumstances. And Jesus starts worshiping in the face of stinking death, a carcass. Why? Because he's got the power. And so it doesn't matter what you're facing. It could stink to the heavens. God can bring out of the ashes glory. Does that make sense? And so, man, we need to, we need to worship. We need praise power. No matter, listen, no matter what the circumstance is. We need to celebrate. Man, you want to talk about real worship. Real worship is celebrating God when all hell has broken loose. Worship is praising God when the rent money's not there. Worship is praising God when the doctor says, I've got some bad news. Worship, man, real worship is praising God when you can't see anything but ashes, but you know God is going to rescue. God's going to revive. God's going to restore. And that's how we praise. In Ezra chapter 3, verse 13, now they've laid the, they've laid the foundation, and, and they begin this worship service. Now, some people are crying, and some people are shouting for joy. See, the older people who remember the temple are crying because they don't think it's going to be anywhere near like it was. And the new people, the younger people, are celebrating it says, so that they, were, they, were, they shouted for, for joy so that the people could not distinguish the shouts of joy from the shouts of weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud voice, and the sound was heard far away. Far away, man. Our praise ought to rock every faith promise building. Our praise ought to be heard all around town. Man, our praise ought to be, it ought to shake the ground. Even if we shake it by faith, it ought to be extraordinary. Now, let me tell you one thing I see out of this passage. The, the, the senior adults were focused on the past. And the young adults were focused on the future. Because senior adults think that life is over. Listen, if you're still breathing, God's not done. Then the best is yet to come. Bob and Marion Poteet, Bob was chairman of the elders, and they've served in this church forever, and they're well mature. I'm not even going to give you an age, but they're, 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 they're well up there. And they're having their greatest, most effective days of ministry today in our Stephen ministry, in our, in our decision ministry, our baptism ministry. Man, listen, God wants to use you, use you. Man, we, we, and what they, it was so loud it was heard from far off, but the adversaries, the people heard it. When the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the people of, of the exile were building the temple of God, they, they hear what's going on, they hear that God's moving, they hear the worshiping, and they're mad. And so the enemies of God move in and stop the building project. 
Now let me ask you a question. Where in your life is the miracle incomplete? Because, see, they had the foundation done, but the temple was not, re- was not rebuilt. The miracle was not done. Where in your life are you looking and saying, okay, God, you started this work, Philippians 1, 6, he that began a good work in you were perfected in the day of Christ Jesus. Where is that area that you say, hey, God, I know you began a work in here, but the miracle is yet incomplete. It's like Robert the Bruce and I flew over to, to Charlotte, and it was too busy. We were in a little plane, and Charlotte's a big airport. They don't like little planes at big airports, and so they made a circle for an hour in the clouds. Just the, it, was, it was an IFR holding pattern, and you couldn't see anything, and we're just flying in circles. Man, we, you know, it, but we had to fly by faith, fly by the gauges, and wait. We're just holding until the air traffic control guy said, hey, 9125, you guys are clear to land. You can come on in and all that kind of stuff and, and bring that plane in. Some of you feel like you're in a holding pattern. That's what these guys were in. They were in a holding pattern. They had the foundation laid, and the enemy stopped it. Don't lose your praise power in the holding pattern. Don't lose, the, don't lose your joy and zeal about what God has done. Because let me tell you, praise empathizes the enemy. Now, I know empathize is not a word, so I made it up. And listen, I need to write Webster every week, the new words that we come up with here at Faith Promise Church. Praise empathizes the enemy. That's deep. I'm just telling you, that is, that is deep. But it's your choice to praise him. Does that make sense? It's your choice whether you're going to celebrate or not. It's your choice. So if we're going to see, if we're going to see the ruins made glorious, then we've got to be praised kind of people. Does that make sense? And listen, hey, not just here in one of our campuses this weekend, not just when the band, man, you ought to praise him in your car. And get one of the Faith Promise CDs or cut it to, to a, you know, K-Love or do something. But, man, get a, get, man, make your car just a mobile worship center. Traveling tabernacle. Come on, you know, I just love it when, I love it when, you know, man, I'm just all up in the Spirit of God in a red light. Somebody pulls up and I just turn and they're just going. I just point up. I started going to the gym this year, and, and uh, it's, it's, been a, it's been a thing. So my wife knew it wasn't likely, so she, so she got my iPhone, and she put a bunch of old Christian music on it because old music is the best music. And so I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm on the treadmill, and I've, I've only, my, this is like my third day working. I'm on the treadmill, and I click on it. All of a sudden, Carmen, and you young adults don't know who he is, starts singing the champion. And Mike is on the treadmill next, and I'm shouting at the, at the, at the gym, Whoa, man, I was about to have a spell. Mike says, Dad, pull the mute, stop. Everybody's looking. Whoa, man, it's, listen, he came out of the grave. He said, I know, Dad, we're at the gym. Stop. <laughs> Quit it. Your people think you're weird. They've always thought I'm weird. Boy, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Praise power. The second power, amen, the second power is prophetic power. And look at Ezra chapter 6 and verse 14. And the elders of the Jews were successful in building the uh, building through the prophesying of Haggai, the prophet, Zechariah, the son of Iddo. And they, and they finished building according to the command of God 
of Israel and the decree of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, the king of Persia. So the temple was complete. So these guys are in the mega battle, mega battle. In a, in, you know, impossible building situation. They're surrounded by enemies. There's just no way that this thing can be done. But the, but the prophets of God were prophesying the power of God and the future of God. See, prophecy's not, you know, most prophecy's not about foretelling, telling the future. Most prophets are about telling the truth. I mean, if you look in all of the Bible, the prophets, the, the smallest part of it's about, about telling the future. They were telling the truth of the power of God and what God was going to do, and, and God was moving. And, as, and the, they're, they're seeing the ruins become glorious as they were walking the word. See, they were building the kingdom of God. They were building the future of the kingdom of God. They're building the temple of God. They're building worship of God. See, ruins, ruins can come to life when we have eyes that believe the word, eyes that hear the truth of God. And so these guys are prophesying the glory of God. And Haggai, over in the Minor Prophets, just over in Haggai chapter, in Haggai chapter 2, verse 6, for thus says the Lord of hosts, once more in a little while, I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth, the sea also, and the dry ground. And man, he is prophesying the glory of God. He is, you know, Zechariah says, it's not by might, it's not my power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Are you with me? Listen, man, Easter was by the power of God. This church's growth and ruins coming to life is by the power of God. We can't do that in the flesh. We can praise, but it's the power of God that brings dead people to life, that saves people and transforms lives. It's God that does it. God's glory where ruins, that's what the song says, where ruins come to life. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, he's prophesying, and this is what he says. This will sound very familiar to you. Now, he is speaking of future to come. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. For behold, your king is coming. He is just and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey. Now, who's Zacchaeus prophesying this coming? Jesus is coming. And so there's a prophetic power that got the people of God through a difficult situation. And again, it's not somebody tell me what's going to happen next year. Somebody tell me that God can. Somebody pro prophesy to the wind. Somebody speak to the mountains. Somebody tell me that it can be done. Somebody. Help. So there's praise power. They built the temple through the prophetic power. And then there's a third one I want to give you. Are you ready? If you're ready, say I'm ready. Number three is personal power. Because there's a, we have a global vision at Faith Promise to make it hard to go to hell for me, Tennessee. But out of our global vision and out of what God is doing at all of our campuses, you should be, God is giving you a vision for your part in the, in the global vision, for your part in what, where you are in the body of God and what you're going to do. And the only way to fulfill what God called you to do is through personal power. And it comes through a personal prayer life. Are y'all with me? A personal devotion, time in the Word of God every single day. See, ruins can happen, and we, we see them in South America. Ruins came because of neglect. And, and so 
there are, there are, we don't, we don't even know, they're just our, where civilization was and their ruins, and we don't even know what happened to these people through neglect. Uh, let me tell you, so when you neglect your spirit, your spiritual life, the Word of God, your prayer closet, corporate worship, when you neglect that, man, it, it can cause ruin in the spiritual walk, in your spiritual walk. Does that make sense? That's why I push, beg, you know, cajole, try to get you. That's why I try to keep telling how important, the, how important corporate life of the church is. But young adults, see young adults that are questioning and, and look at the church, and the church is portrayed so negatively in our culture that they say, yeah, we love Jesus, but we don't love the church. And they, they've said, man, I just don't know. And so the reason I keep coming back saying, man, we've got to, listen, if you neglect the corporate worship of God, it's going to affect your spiritual life. Amen? I mean, it just, just is. So in Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10, oh, I love this guy, man. Ezra, he, this guy just absolutely rocks. This is one of my favorite verses, Ezra 7, 10. For Ezra had set his heart to study the law of the Lord, to practice it, to teach its statutes and ordinances in Israel. This is his job description, his personal vision, to study the word of God, to, to, uh, pr to practice the word of God, and to teach the word of God to all the people in Israel. And so, man, we've got to, we've got to bask in the word of God. Does that make sense? This is when he said, he said, but Pastor, I've tried to read the Bible and it's hard. Listen, the enemy is going to fight you. And so when you try to get in the Word, the enemy's going to fight you. When you try to climb in your prayer closet, the devil's going to do everything. You're too busy. Think of all you've got to do. You need to get to work. You need to do something. And so that's why intercessory prayer is such a high level of warfare. And so, but, but your spiritual life will be destroyed by neglect. So we need to love the Word of God. We need to learn the Word of God. We need to live the Word of God every day. Come on. And we need to know this thing. Because ruins come to life when we're walking, man, in praise. We're walking in prophetic power. walking in personal power out of a red, hot, quiet time, daily devotion with God. In chapter, in chapter Ezra, chapter 8, verse 1. It says this, now the heads of the fathers in the household and the genealogical enrollment of those who went up with me from Babylon in the reign of King Artaxerxes. See, he's talking about, he took the heads of the family and he's teaching the heads of the family to teach their family the word of God. So you, this is the deal. You've got to work the word of God in so the word of God will work its way out. You've got to work the word. You've got to walk the word of God in you. You gotta meditate on it. You gotta memorize it. You gotta you gotta be mesmerized by it. You gotta contemplate. David said, "Early in the morning will I rise and spend time." We, we've got it. We've got to let the word of God just sort of marinate, like you would a big fat steak. Marinate, memorize, cogitate. Just man, let the word of God just every day when I get done with my Bible reading. We're all reading the same deal. I say, Lord, just let me. Let me bask, let me bathe, let me be consumed, let me be transformed. Let the Word of God take control. God, give me eyes to see the spiritual realm. Let me understand what you're saying. Let me get what you're doing. Holy God, open up the Word. Does that make sense? So the Spirit of God, the, Jesus said the Spirit would lead us into all truth, and we need Him to help us with the Word of God. So you work the Word in so the Word of God can be worked out. And then you can be on the ash heap praising God, believing God, and knowing God is going to turn the ashes of ruin into glory. 
where you have been ruined, God will restore. He will rebuild. He will revive. There will be beauty from ashes, the Word of God says. Man, the Bible says, speak to that which is not as that which is. Man, as your marriage messed up, begin to speak. Instead of telling everybody, man, my marriage sucks, begin to talk about how great your marriage is. Begin to believe God. Speak to that which is not as that which is. Instead of saying, my, my kids are this and my boss is that, speak to that which is not. There is power of life and death in the tongue. We need to speak and believe that God is going to turn our situations around. Does that make sense? Come on, we've got we to believe it. We have to believe it. Man, we need faith in God to rise up in us. Do you know why such a small, I mean, uh, probably about 20 to 25% of our entire congre- congregation ties, and the other 75% doesn't? Because they don't have enough faith to tithe. Because you know you're supposed to. I just told you. Matthew 23, 23, it's just all through the Bible. It's a, it's a mark of covenant people tithing. It's from, listen, Cain and Abel, I mean, Adam and Eve taught it to Cain and Abel. Tithe was in the very first family. It's all the way through the Bible. When people say, well, it's not biblical, they've never read a Bible. Or they're just greedy and they twist the Bible so they don't have to give. Are y'all with me? The Bible says in the last days there'll be people, there'll be the men that the people of God will heap up teachers to tickle their ears. So people love to hear preachers say, Oh, you don't have to tithe, man. That's not in the Bible. I say, Praise God. If tithe is not in the Bible, let's get all up in some New Testament grace giving. Because listen to me, church, 10% ain't it. But the reason the bulk of people at our church are, are, are tied up financially and, and can't give and want to and feel shame and guilt because they don't give and their finances are all fried and messed up because they don't have faith to believe God can come through. They just don't. Is that, can our God not come through? Listen, if you think he's going to come cut you out six feet deep of a concrete box inside another box, six feet under and take you to heaven and he can't pay your rent, what are you smoking? We got to believe that the glory's coming. We've got to speak to the mountain. That's what the prophet said. Hey, there's a mountain in our web building this temple. Speak to the mountain, and the mountain will move. Now, my question is can anybody believe with me that God's going to turn your life into glory? We've got to see with eyes of faith. If you're married, you're married. If you're not, you're single. And you, and man, you're asking God that God's going to bring you a godly, godly mate. Are you with me? Listen, hey, listen, listen. You don't find godly mates at the bar. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, that's how will you find them? Well, where? I don't know. Man, I just was riding my motorcycle. Michelle's on the back. I don't quite know how she got there. There she was. Hey, listen, Adam went to sleep. Man, listen, there was no eHarmony. Dot Eden. And Adam went to sleep and woke up, and there's this smoking hot naked woman. Woo! Man, our God is good. Come on. God can bring you, a guy can bring you if you're single. 
Men go, but listen, you got to do it God's way. You got to believe. You got to have eyes of faith for your children. You got to have eyes of faith for your ministry. You've got to have eyes of faith for your family. You've got to have eyes of faith for the church, God, that God has put us in. Man, God's presence is here, and God's presence is where ruins come to life. Come on, our God can. Wow, there's so much more. There's so much more. I need an hour to preach. I do, I do, I do. And I know you say do it, but there's another crowd that's coming in. And they want to get in too. And so, it's, it's so this is what I want to do. This, this is the deal. Listen, if there's an area in your life that's in ashes, and it, 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 any area of your life that's in ashes, and you need God to bring the ruins to life. I just want you to stand. Every campus, Blunt, North, Campbell Anderson, Pelsip, just go ahead and stand. Come on, we're a family. Man, if there's some ashes, come on, just stand up. Listen, if you don't want to be helped, then just stay down. Let your pride block God and miss what God wants to. And listen, not everybody just has just a broken part. So, so all right, let's just, holy God, we come to you right now, and God, you are the God whose arm is not shortened, nor is your ear dull. You can save, you can heal, you can bless, you can restore, you can take the ash heap, you can turn the ashes into glory. And so, God, there are people that at every single campus are standing and they need you, God. They need you to move. Lord, the, the, it's some of them, the ashes stink like, like Lazarus. And yet you, God, out of the stinking ash pit, can raise up the ruins into glory just like you did for Ezra. Just like you did for Zerubbabel as they rebuilt that temple and the glory of God fell on it. God, let your glory fall on the families. Let your glory fall in marriages, in our finances, God, in our small groups, in every ministry, at every campus. Lord, we want to make it hard to go to hell for me, Tennessee, but the devil has unleashed everything against us to stop us. But in Jesus' name, we will not be stopped. We are a marching army of spirit-filled warriors. We're not backing up. We're not slowing up. We're not deterring, detracting. We are focused on you, and we believe, God, you are going to bring glory. You're going to take ruined lives, and you're going to restore them. You're going to revive them. You're going to rebuild them. You're going to be honored. You're going to be worshipped. And so, mighty God, let your spirit fall in every campus. Let your glory loose, Lord. In Jesus' name, we believe in and we receive it. And all God's people said, somebody, come on, shout. Woo! Woo! Holy moly. Oh, now, my soul, that's good preaching, Chris. <laughs> this is the deal. Some of you this weekend have not yet I'm kidding, by the way. If you're a guest, don't get freaked out. We'll make you mad over something else. Don't let that get you. But there are some people not made the step of faith, yet stepped over the line. And you're ready. You're ready to step over. Because sin, sin ruins us. And ruined me. But God took what was ruined and make it glory. So with every head bowed, every eye closed. Church, let's pray this confessional prayer as people open their heart up to Jesus. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart and be my Lord. I want to live for you. I surrender. By faith I will live. 
I put all my faith in Jesus, in his name. And all God's people said, amen. Give him praise. Church, William. Wow. 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 This has been a guy. I had somebody stop me this service to say it's been the, my favorite series we've ever done. It's been unbelievable what God has done. And uh, this next weekend is Mother's Day. Amen. Come on. Mother's Day. I don't understand why Mother's Day is huge and Father's Day is not. I'm a little bitter about that. I'm a little bitter about that. But maybe it's our fault, guys. I don't know. But we're going to turn that around this year. So you don't want to miss next weekend. You don't want to miss. But it's a great weekend to come. Bring family and friends. Got some unbelievable things planned for you. Again, as as you leave, you may give online. Uh, If you give through the offering boxes, drop it in, guests. If you'll take that communication card that's in front of you, if you prayed with me or you need to sign up for next steps or baptism or serving or groups, fill that out. Drop down the plate. Also, there'll be people here to pray for anyone after this campus. They're right here for you. Has it been good to be in the house of God? Come on, be blessed. Have a great week.